Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. You may not always like his opinion, but you can bet he'll have one. Welcome to the Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. Last time I had a conversation about uh, the potential of Canada, Canada's future, United future being in question was when a Parti Québécois candidate knocked on my door while I was living in Quebec, trying to sell me on voting for the PQ. So I tried to sell him on speaking English. That was the end of that. But yesterday I heard uh, Brian Jean, the... Uh, Aspirant for the leadership of the United Conservative Party of Alberta, as a guest on this program, talking about what's been going on in Quebec, and particularly with Denis Kader, the mayor of Montreal, celebrating the fact that Energy East was cancelled. Mr. Jean said, all of that together is a threat to Confederation. And I read the letter by uh, Saskatchewan Premier Brad Wall, the open letter Mr. Wall sent out a couple of days ago, I'll just read you a few lines from that, then we'll talk to our guest, Michelle Rempel, conservative MP from uh, Calgary. She's going to talk to us about her thoughts on Energy East and uh, the pipeline issue and Confederation. Here here we go. Here's what uh, Premier Wall wrote in part. Former federal liberal cabinet minister and now Montreal Mayor Denny Kader cheers the cancellation of this pipeline. He who leads a city that just two years ago used a pipeline to dump 4.9 billion liters or nearly 2,000 Olympic-sized swimming pools of raw sewage into the St. Lawrence Seaway. It's a good thing that Mr. Kader's hypocrisy needs no pipeline for conveyance, for it would need to be a very large and could never get approved for construction. When Kader cheers for the end of this pipeline, he cheers for the imported oil we buy from Saudi Arabia, where women can now drive, but the public beheadings continue. He's cheering against an energy sector in our country that employs thousands and uh, has paid on average over the last three years $17 billion annually in taxes and royalties to the Canadian government. And the Saskatchewan Premier concludes his letter with these, these words. The decision by TransCanada to cancel the Energy East project was made because of a lack of interest in leadership or worse, intentional decisions and policies of Prime Minister Justin Trudeau and his government. He should answer for this. He needs to be held accountable for this. His actions and his government's actions may well have some Westerners wondering if this country really values Western Canada, the resources we have, and the things we do to contribute to the national economy and to quality of life for all. That's from the Saskatchewan Premier, Michelle Rempel, Calgary Member of Parliament for the Conservative Party. 
joins us on the Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. Uh, Ms. Rempel, thank you very much for the time. So clearly, the mood in Western Canada is anything but accepting of Mr. Kader's behavior and the decision for the cancelling of Energy East, which the Prime Minister of this country had something to do with by his lack of enthusiasm. Anyway, what are your thoughts? Well, I think Justin Trudeau would like people like myself to put the focus on Denny Coderre, um, but I refuse to do that because the responsibility and the blame for uh, this decision lies squarely with Justin Trudeau. Um, you know, yesterday I saw that he wrote a Facebook post talking about Western separatism and calling it intellectually dishonest. This is somebody who knows that he's in trouble with the Canadian electorate writ large because he spent two years um, swanning around the world showing off special socks while we have a ballooning deficit, uh, a shrinking economy, and, you know, general unhappiness around the country. And so what he wants to do is try and sow, you know, seeds of discontent within my party to try and get us talking about these sorts of things uh, with the hope that what happened, you know, in the late 80s after his father's uh, pillaging of the energy sector came to play, he, he, th- th- these people will do anything to try and stay in power. But there's one thing that they won't do, Roy, and that's put in, have the courage to put in place policy that makes sense for the entire country. And make no mistake, Energy East was a nation-building project. It would have brought Canadian product to eastern refineries. It would have, it, 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 its build-out would have, uh, you know, employed many, many people, and the long-term operation of it would have seen prosperity in this country for generations, as well as removing our dependence on Saudi oil. Um, I just, to me, it is so... Furious, like it, like he just thinks that we're so dumb, Roy. Like he honestly thinks that you know if he throws out a Facebook post like this, put Denny Coderre up, that all of us are just going to take the bait, and and people are going to somehow forget that this is squarely on his shoulders. And it's up to the people who listen to your show, to me and others, to say no. This is this is the result of you putting your ego before the best interests of all Canadians, not just Albertans, not just Quebec. And to me, this is entirely his fault, and this is what I'm going to be pushing back against very, 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 very strongly uh, over the next two years. Uh, I've heard the criticism of Trudeau, which uh, is fair and should be expected, and he really has no defense because he is ultimately responsible for what's going on. This is a man who, who, who talked about, uh, who talks a better game than he can possibly deliver. And he talks out of both sides of his mouth at the same time when it comes to the pipelines issue. But that said, is there not a a visceral response from people in Western Canada that goes something like this? We've seen it before with Dad, and we're not going to go through it again. I guess a few points. First of all, I think Canada has enjoyed a great period of prosperity in, you know, the last 15 years where we saw the energy sector be responsibly developed and the benefits of that affected the entire country like there's there's a reason why you know we've been able to have the strong social programs infrastructure that we had over the last 10 years but it was also because we looked at that policy like when I was in government as as a way to help build the prosperity of the entire country 
you know, Trudeau doesn't see it that way. There is an ideological opposition within the Liberal Party against the development of the, the energy sector because it, you know, it takes away, um, I, I actually don't know, I, I don't understand what his motive is for that, um, but it's very clear that both him and his father, you know, had it out for that particular industry. Mm-hmm. And I guess what I want to say is this, like, um, you know, liberals are trying to spin this desperately, like the, the, the Western separatism stuff this weekend is a desperate spin, just as it was saying, oh, it's a, uh, you know, it was a business decision or, oh, we've approved pipelines. What people don't realize is that these projects take hundreds of millions, billions of dollars to build out. That's a big risk for a company, right? And, and it, was like all, it was all private money. It was all private money. There was no public, no public money involved. Absolutely. But for a company to make that decision, right, there has to be certain like investment climates being in place. So, for example, stability on policy around the regulatory review system. Mm-hmm. Trudeau completely messed that up, right? Mm-hmm. He changed the rules. Then all of a sudden he's saying there needs to be a downstream review. And for people who don't know what that means, they're saying like, what Trudeau was saying was like, well, there should be, uh, the pipeline should be held responsible for any of the carbon emissions that are coming out of that. That would be like saying, you know, if someone had a gluten att- attack for the truck that brought a white a loaf of white bread to their house. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's ridiculous. Um, and they don't do that for Saudi oil. There's the carbon tax, Roy. There's the tanker ban that they're putting in place. Uh, and they scuttled Northern Gateway from a political decision, not from a review panel. It had been approved. They said, no, we're not approving this. It was a political decision. And what does that all add up? It says, you know what? Internationally, people look at Canada and they go, there is no way that we're, we're investing here. We're just not doing it. I can understand. I can fully understand your confusion when you're trying to understand what Justin Trudeau is thinking, or if he's thinking, because while he's uh, castigating the uh, the idea of uh, oil tankers on the west coast, he's quite happy with the idea of oil tankers, you know, going up and down the applying their trade up and down the St. Lawrence River. That's perfectly fine, even though there's a there's an environmentally very sensitive area, particularly in the gas pay. That's not that's not of concern to Mr. Trudeau. Ms. Rempel, I have a I just have this question that I naggingly want answered. I wonder if there's a bit of a tag team effort going on between Justin Trudeau and Denny Kadare. I think that Justin Trudeau looks at his electoral fortunes in 2019 and is making all of his decisions based around that. He knows that the NDP are weak in Quebec right now and he knows that if he's going to lose seats in other parts of the country, Quebec is where he's going to make them up, right? So a lot of his policy right now is based around easy electoral politics. Um, and I think the Canadians just won't be fooled by that. I honestly think that like the context has changed since the national unity debate in the 1990s because a lot of Canadians understand that our country is greater than the sum of its parts when it's led by an honorable human being who puts that policy ahead of their own ego and their own electoral fortune, right? And sometimes that means making a hard, hard decisions and, and, you know, speaking out against something like Denis Coderre. I think that, you know, this Coderre's comments were a way, I think they were hoping people like myself would, you know, start blaming him and deflect the blame off of Trudeau. But, you know, if Justin Trudeau is listening right now, you know... Um, listen, we'd both be, we'd both be know, surprised. Yeah, well, fair enough. But, you know, this is my message to Justin Trudeau. Canadians won't buy your garbage anymore. They, they are tired of seeing increases in taxes and a, a lower standard of living and, you know, projects like this basically mortgaging the future of our country 
while you swan around the world um, doing photo ops with socks. And I, I just, I will not buy into him trying to deflect this into a national unity debate. And I'm going to make him accountable. We're going to make him accountable for the fact that this is any national unity question. It's not a question about national unity. It's a question about whether Justin Trudeau can lead a strong, united Canada. And the question is no. And I, th- I don't think people are going to look at, you know, um, other alternatives outside of the fact that the number one goal for many people who have seen their livelihoods, who voted for him in good faith, evaporate, mm-hmm. is to say, you're out, boss. See you later. Well, we'll and see what... certainly what I'm going to be fighting for, because the people that I represent, Roy, you know, I have had just as many calls into my office from people in Calgary as I have had from Atlantic Canada and Ontario saying, I cannot believe this happened. You have to use your voice to fight against him. The context has changed and he's miscalculated this big time. Yeah. Well, you're quite capable of putting up a good fight. I've seen that. So uh, (laughs) no doubt we'll be talking again. And I I said sort of facetiously, we'd both be surprised if Trudeau was listening, but I wouldn't be surprised if he's listening. I know certainly some of his cabinet ministers listen because, well, because I know. His cabinet, they, they listen to this stuff, but they don't listen to it to affect change. Mm-hmm. They listen to it to figure out how to save their own butts in the next election. Right. They don't give two rips about what people are thinking or their livelihood or their policy. It is all about seeking power, and that is fundamentally the difference between okay. Trudeau and every other party. All right, Ms. Rempel, good talking to you. Thank you so much for the time today. Happy Thanksgiving to you. And to you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Michelle Rimple from uh, Calgary, Conservative Member of Parliament. Clearly, you know, the, the election campaign's underway. It already is for 2019, but it's, it's a fair comment that uh, Justin Trudeau ultimately, as the prime minister, is going to be responsible for the climate that either creates or does not create momentum for significantly important economic realities like the pipelines. Canadian natural resources going to the international market and helping the Canadian economy absolutely makes sense. Anything to the contrary does not. Now, in a few minutes' time, Vivian Krauss is going to be joining us. She's written uh, quite a number of articles for the Financial Post and for the National Post. And Ms. Krauss has written that it's special interest groups, very, very well funded by their American counterparts, special interest groups in Canada, funded by Americans who have a lot to do with the challenges for pipelines. When you just think about it objectively with no, with no baggage, with no suitcase in either hand, there is no reason, no reason to oppose pipelines. None. Economically, it's necessary. Trains are not as safe as pipelines. We've seen that, unfortunately, and very sadly, and very tragically. And if tankers are unacceptable on the West Coast, Mr. Trudeau, Monsieur Cuillard, and Monsieur Cudel, what makes them okay on the St. Lawrence River? Hmm? We'll take a break. We'll come back. Oh, my number is 1-800-263-2428. Before we talk to Vivian Krauss, I have, a, I have this question for you. Are disputes over the building of new pipelines that deliver Alberta and Saskatchewan oil sands oil into international markets, are those disputes highlighting the splits which exist in Canada and endangering this country's future? Brian Jean yesterday said on this program that um, 
What just happened is a threat to confederation. Is a threat to confederation. If you're a Western Canadian, particularly Western Canadians, are you inclined to say after the Energy East cancellation, that's it, I've had enough. We went through this in the 80s, we're not going to go through it again. That's it, I've had enough. Are you inclined to say that, yes or no? 800-263-2428, is this whole issue about the pipelines enough to cause a real fracture in Canada's unity and in our future as a country, a united country? 800-263-2428, we're back after this. Direct, hard-hitting, no-holds-barred. The Rory Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. Emails to Roy at RoyGreenShow.com. I'm on Twitter at the Roy Green Show. If you're going to defend Justin Trudeau, pick up the phone, 800-263-2428. Don't use Twitter until after the show. You want to defend him? Have the guts to pick up the phone, 800-263-2428. All right, is this enough of an issue that it could cause more than just friction between the East and the West? Or just more than friction for Western Canadians? Ivan's in Calgary. Ivan, thank you for the call, sir. Please go ahead. Well, thank you for having this topic up for us to talk about. I appreciate your show. So, Thank you. It isn't simply this issue. It's multiple issues over decades. That the dictatorship coming down from Ottawa, the arrogant assumptions made by Ottawa that affect the lives of multiple millions of people, without consultation, without any real investigation or, or uh, looking into the lives of the people it affects, they make these assumptions. And what are they based on? I don't get it. Uh, giving billions of dollars out spread across countries where women have no rights for the sake of helping women with... What effect are they hoping to gain from this? Tell, tell, me, tell me this, Ivan, is, is what's going on. And let's just focus on pipelines for a moment. Okay. And what happened over the last several days. Give me a quick answer here. Is this enough to start the discussion in the West or resume the discussion in the West, how much do we want to be part of this party? I would say resume because I've been into separation for quite some time. I'm ultra sick of this uh, overarching, arrogant, ignorant, assumption-making dictatorship from Ottawa. I'm, I'm done with it. I am sick of it. All right, sir. I appreciate the call, and I get your point. 800-263-2428 is my number. Uh, Brad Wall wrote in part, something needs to change for the West to continue on like this in our federal system is the equivalent of having Stockholm Syndrome. Stockholm Syndrome. When we come back, more of your calls, and we'll talk to Vivian Krauss, who has written that much of what's going on as far as the protests against pipelines in Canada is concerned is funded by American interests. Stay with us.